Amen. Amen. Let's spend a couple weeks here, starting this week with the what, next week kind of more of the how. Let's spend a couple weeks on this subject here, rhythm, walking in step with the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> if you're a note taker, if you're out there, especially live streaming through the camera, fbcdan.com slash notes, or use that QR code and you can have a digital copy of the notes that are available today physically. If you didn't get a copy of the notes physically, there's some up here on the front pew, and there's some in the back if you, if you didn't get a copy. But if you're not a note taker, if that distracts you, then just don't worry about it. Um, but on the back of that, for everyone, there are some dates, reminders of dates uh, coming up, things that are coming up, and that will help hopefully help you know what's going on here at Danville FBC. So we hope you got a copy of that if you didn't. And you want one, raise your hand, and I'll make a paper airplane and throw it to you real fast. But we're going to be here in Colossians chapter 1, looking at these verses and what the Lord has for us this morning. Still here pages. All right, let's roll. Verse 9. For this reason, also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. Father, I come to you today. Lord, and as always, I ask that you would speak to me first and through me, Lord. I pray that, that I would decrease, that you would increase, God. I pray that you would have a word from us today. We know that your word is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, God. And we know that when your word is preached and proclaimed amongst your people, that it never returns void, God. So we pray this morning that you would change us from the inside out, but not just on the inside, but on the outside also, God. We pray that you would change us from the inside and that that would lead to a life worthy of the calling that you have placed on those who call you Lord and Savior. We pray it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So we're in Colossians. Okay, It's a letter that, that, that Paul wrote to one of the, the churches. Uh, it's kind of in the Lycus Valley of Greece. This cord's driving me nuts today. Sorry. Um, and it was a letter. Paul didn't start this church, but he considered it one of his churches. Uh, Epaphras was actually the, the, the uh, pastor at this church. And so Paul is writing them this letter. And like all letters, it starts with a greeting and kind of why we're going to write it and what we're going to get into. And for the most part, if you wanted to sum up the letter of Colossians, it's, it's, it's uh, Paul saying, great job. The Colossians are doing a great job. He's gotten a good report about them. And it's Paul saying, um, I have, a, I have heard a little bit about some false teachers that are out there, so let's be careful not to fall for that junk, and let's stay on the path of following Jesus Christ faithfully and, truth, and truthfully. So that's kind of really what the letter is about. There was a lot of that going on in that time, because they'd come in, you'd start a church, you'd build them up, you'd get them going, and then as a missionary, uh, the, you know, like most of the time, Paul would move on, and then somebody wants to come in and try to uh, use... Jesus sounding things for their own benefit and gain and that's what the false teachers were doing and that still is alive and true and well to this day So we must know what the real thing 
looks like. You know, that's what counterfeiters do. You know, the Secret Service, when they're, when they're trying to, when, when they're, they're making sure that money is real, they spend zero time on fake money. Zero time. They don't look at what is fake. All they do is they know the ins and outs of what is true, real money. And then a fake stands out real quick and real fast to them. And that's kind of the same thing when it comes to walking in the Spirit, walking in the rhythm of the Holy Spirit, that, that we need to be truthful and really staying true to what it is to follow Jesus. Again, this week, more the what of that, what is that, and next week, and maybe another week, depending on the how to do that. So a um, little cliffhanger there. Maybe get you to come back. We'll see. may not have worked. Uh, but digging in, we're going to dig into this today. Verse 9, for this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. For what reason? Okay, I always stop and ask questions. That's how you learn. I don't know if you know that, but that's how you learn. Ask questions. Ask questions. What is the point of being said here? What is God trying to say to us? What was Paul trying to say to them? And therefore, what is God, through the Holy Spirit, trying to say to us? So for, the, for what reason? Well, the fact that Epaphras, their pastor in Colossae, uh, has given a good report about them to Paul. That he has come to Paul and he said, hey... My church in Colossians is doing pretty good. Like These guys are kind of getting after it. They have faith in Jesus. They have love for the saints. Uh, the gospel is bearing fruit there, and Paul says to them in the introduction, bearing fruit all over the world, not just in Colossae. So you're doing a great job, but understand you're part of something way bigger than just your little church there in the Lycus Valley. So Paul and Timothy are pumped about that. They're pumped about what is taking place in Colossae. And there's a lesson to be learned right here that's really not part of our so to speak, part of our deep part of our message today. But there's a lesson to be learned here. Paul is continually praying for the believers in Colossae who are getting after it. Pray, 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 and pray some more. It is our spiritual connection to the power of God. That is how we connect to the power of God is through prayer. We must pray. On our own, we must pray. Together in small groups, we must pray. And together as a corporate body, we must pray. Stop making excuses. Stop wimping out because it's uncomfortable. And pray. Pray. If that's all you got today, then you, you, were, you did a good job by getting here. Because that is powerful, powerful stuff. Pray. Paul says, I've been praying for you guys. You guys are doing great. We're asking. This is what our prayer is about, Paul says. We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul goes on for these next several verses, and we're stopping before he finishes talking about his prayer, but we're stopping today at verse 12. But he goes on for these next several verses and says, hey, you're doing a great job, and we're praying for you as you do a great job, and here's what we're specifically praying and why. So he's praying. <coughs> I apologize. I'm all, I don't know if y'all have been going through that, but I've been going through that, and it's no fun. <clears throat> so I'm trying, to, trying not to cough in the microphone. We're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, we've been spending time on God's will. First couple weeks of the year, if the Lord wills, right? We want to stay close to God so we know the Lord's will. Same concept wrapped up in what we're talking about these next couple of weeks. Just getting a little more practical about it. So knowing God's will is more than just how God wants you to behave. I don't know about you, but most of the time, that's how I think about it. When I was younger, that's definitely how I thought about it. Like, God's will has to do with, you know, straighten up and fly right. right? Straighten up and fly right. Do it right. Don't mess up. Be perfect. You know, all that type of stuff. And, and, there, and there is an element to living 
well and living morally correct. That, that is definitely part of God's will. But it, it's deeper than that. God doesn't want you to just change your behavior. God doesn't want you to just change your behavior. God wants you to, to know him, to come to a deeper and deeper understanding, a deeper and deeper understanding of God's whole saving purpose in Christ. He wants you to understand why he created all of this, why he created you, and how he did all of that to show his glory in the saving grace of his son, Christ. And therefore, through that knowledge, you come to a knowledge of God himself, because to know that is to know him. To know what he has done is to know him. So knowing God's will is much, much, I'm going to put a cough drop in, I'm sorry if that bothers some of you, is much, much deeper than just how do I behave, okay? That's, catch this, that's what children ask, okay? That's what babes in Christ ask. How do I need to behave? Yes, sir, yes, sir, okay? But as parents know, hopefully you go from a relationship where you're telling your kids what to do, you're showing them what to do, and then you start allowing them to make the decisions, and then eventually later on in life, it finally gets fun and you get to be their friend, Okay? Now, unfortunately today, I'm going to chase a tangent just for a second. Unfortunately today, we reverse that, and we try to be friends with them when they're little. And that leads to mucho problems. No bueno. Not good. I usually tell my students, I'm not your friend. I'm your teacher. And that's better. And I told my kids the same thing. I'm not your friend. You can go find buddies out there. I'm your dad. We can be friends later. Okay? Kind of the same thing. There should be a growth of relationship. If you're still in Sunday school... How, do I, how does God want me to act mode as an adult? It's time to grow up. It's time to grow up in Christ. It's more than that. It's better than that. It's not just a checklist of do's and don'ts. So Tyndale says it like this. The knowledge of God, excuse me, of God's will is open to all God's people. It manifests in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That is, what that means is, it comes alive and is evident through all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's how you can see someone who is mature in Christ. Wisdom and spiritual understanding exudes from them. I don't know if you have people like that in your life. I have, and they are priceless people to have in your life. That wisdom of the Lord, that spiritual understanding, those ones that just go, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) The ones that pull the reins back on you sometimes, or sometimes the ones that kick you in the rear end because it's time to get to work. Those people that just, they just seem to just have a special line of communication to the Lord, and it just comes out of them as they live. We are created under God over creation. We are created under God, but over creation. Before sin, that's how it existed. That's how it was supposed to. To be, we are to use our intellect and our ability to reason and bring order to a chaotic world otherwise. That's why we're here is to do that in the Lord's name. So it's it's way deeper than just, am I being a good boy? Do I get a star for today? It's way deeper than that. Verse 10, doing all that so that, those words always jump out to me, so that. So that, that means he's fixing to explain something. So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Fully pleasing to him. Verse 10, this, ver- this part of verse 10 right here is the crux of everything that we're talking about today and in this series. Why do I pray for us to be close? I pray for us to be close to God and his will. 
I want us to be close to God and in his will so that we will walk worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been talking about that being my heart for the last several weeks so that we can walk worthy of the Lord Jesus, fully pleasing to him. Why was Paul dictating this letter to the Colossians? To encourage them, to let them know that he knows about them, that he is praying for them, that there are some false teachers out there, and to be aware of them, that they would come to a full understanding of God's will for all wisdom and all spiritual understanding so that they can walk worthy of Jesus, live lives worthy of the price paid to buy back their life from death and evil and sin, the redemptive price of Jesus Christ on the cross. Think about this. Think about that last part of that statement. A pleasing walk to the Lord. It is a humbling an exciting and awe-filling truth to think about the fact that your life can please God. God the creator, God who created all of this and who, who created each one of us, we have the ability, once we come to the faith in Jesus Christ, to live a life that is pleasing to God the creator of it all. That there, there is no greater purpose to live for. There's nothing better than doing that. But on the contrary, that means the opposite of that is true as well. We can also live in a way that is displeasing to God. And then there, there again, we go back to this regimented, this stuck in the Old Testament, stuck in the law, stuck in this self-justification meaning of that, where we think, well, if I do right, then God does good for me, and then if I do wrong, then God punishes me. Again, that's how you deal with a little baby, a little child as they grow up. That's not where God is. God, it's more than that. God doesn't just punish those who do bad and give good to those who don't. It doesn't work like that. His love reigns on the just and the unjust. If he only loves those who love him back, then he's not loving. If you only love those who love you back, then you're not loving. That's what scripture says. Even, even evil can do that. It's bigger, it's deeper than that. We can live a pleasing walk to the Lord. And what is pleasing to him is also simultaneously what is best for us. It is what is best for us. It's not a crummy life. It's not a life of stuffed shirts and, and, and stiff necks and no fun and no smiles. And, and if, you know, if, you, if you start to have fun, then you get whacked with a ruler because you're not allowed to have fun. If you're going to be a spiritual person, then you have to be a spiritual person and there's no fun. There's, it's not like that. We have to break away from that mentality. It's time for some of us to grow up and get past that. But he says a pleasing a walk worthy, a walk worthy. Many of you probably know instantly what that means when your walk, but some of us may not. So let's make sure we got that. Okay, go to it's Proverbs 4, 25 and 27 in your notes if you have them. Let your eyes look forward. Fix your gaze straight ahead. Carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep your feet away from evil. Very simply put, your walk means the way you live. That's what it means. Your walk, your way of life to be pleasing to the Lord. Let the way you live be worthy of the Lord. What a tremendous 
honor and responsibility for each and every one of our lives that have placed our faith in Christ. What a tremendous honor and responsibility to live a life worthy of the Lord that is pleasing to him. To live in a way that we have the privilege of bringing honor and prestige and glory and praise to the creator of it all. Because he is worthy of it all, as we often sing. So what is this life? First, four things. First, bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit in every good work. It's bearing fruit in every good work. Ephesians 2 says this about good works. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. The purpose for us living here is to walk in the good works that God has prepared for us, that he has created for us to do. Now, real quick for the nerds out there like me, fruit was a part of God's original creation, correct? Two people are listening, great. Fruit was a part of God's original creation, is that correct? All right, seven people are awake, now we're talking. And bearing good fruit is part of God's new creation. It's really cool what Paul's doing here, what he's doing here. He's reminding us, hey, God created, but then there was a fall, but now God has created new and there's new work to be done. There's new work to be done. There's a new kingdom and creation to subdue, to have dominion over, to, to organize out of chaos. There's new, exciting, fulfilling work to do. There is fruit that needs to be borne out by us as the, as the gardeners of God's kingdom, God's new creation. We are part of God's new creation. I don't know about you, but that like excites me. That's really cool. It's really cool to have that honor and that privilege. Good works, <clears throat> excuse me, are not how we are saved. That, again, we just talked about that, this mentality that God punishes who does bad, and God, God gives good to those who do good. Sometimes that happens. Ultimately, yes, ultimately that is what happens. Ultimately, evil is punished and destroyed, and good, which is faith in Christ and nothing else, good is rewarded eternally. But in this life... We're all given the chance to experience the love of God, period. So good works are not how we are saved. They are the natural result of being saved and staying close to God and staying close to God and staying close to God. That's how fruit bears out in our life. We have to walk with God to know God. We have to walk with God to know God. As Tony Evans says it, we don't need a microwave experience with God. We need a crockpot experience. We need to simmer in his presence. In other words, for the non-cookers out there, we need to spend time, significant time, with God. Then you will leave a lasting and meaningful impact on others because the impact of the Lord has had on you. That's how it works. That's how we bear out fruit. Right? You plant seed, you water, you weed, you do all the things, but there is nothing you can do to make a seed turn into a fruit. That has to happen because of God. Same thing. We spend time with God. We are in his presence. We ask for his power. We pray to him. We are together with each other. We sing to him. We praise him. We glorify him. And then he makes the seed of salvation turn into good fruit into our lives. We can't grit our teeth into making good fruit. It doesn't work that way. It's his glory. Second thing, and growing in the knowledge of God. So first, 
What is this pleasing walk? It is bearing good fruit and growing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit and growing go hand in hand because fruit grows, right? Bearing fruit and growing goes hand in hand. So as we walk in the Lord and bear the fruit of such, and in growing fruit, we are rewarded with growing knowledge of the Lord, okay? We walk in faith to understand, and in faith are giving understanding, that makes sense? Like, you don't get it all at the beginning, but when you step in faith, then your understanding grows. It's a, it, 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 it seems paradoxical, but, it, but it, it's harmonious. It goes together. Augustine puts it this way. He's smarter than I am. Faith is understanding step, and understanding is faith's reward. As we walk with the Lord, bearing the fruit of which should take place while walking with him, then our knowledge of him grows. And here's the thing. That's a deep desire. That's a deep desire within us. See if you're with me. How often do we say things like this? I just want to know why. I just want to understand. That's the hard part lots of times, right? Something happens and you just don't know why. You just, you just don't understand. Now, I'm not saying this side of eternity, we always get that. I'm not saying that if you just stay close to the Lord and, you bear, and good fruit bears out in your life, that you'll always know and you'll always understand. That's not what I'm saying because you're not God, okay? What I am saying that as we walk in faith, understanding is a gift that we are given. You will understand and be wise in ways that you wouldn't otherwise be. So we should, so the more we walk worthy of the Lord... Bearing the fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, the more we grow in understanding, in the understanding of the ultimate will and purpose of God, which, which fulfills a deep desire in our soul when that happens. And that causes number three, three, four things today. Third thing that Paul says is be strengthened with the strength of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience. May you be strengthened with the strength of God. This is a really cool way that Paul says this. And it comes across great in the English, but it's one of those times where I think the Greek is really cool the way the Greek says this. So for my Greek nerds, jump in there with me. If you're not, then check out for a minute and I'll tell you when to come back. And I clicked on the wrong slide, so sorry about that. Go. So, here's how it says it in the Greek. Okay? In passe, duname, dunamumone. Catch that? I've been working on that hard. In passe, duname, dunamuminoe. There we go. But you can see it better than you can hear it when you look at those words. Almost the exact same word, right? Again, doubled up words in ancient languages have a point. They're drawing attention. They're trying to get you to make sure you understand what is taking place here. In passe, dunaname, dunamuminoe, katoi, kratos. With all power upon being powered, with all strength upon being strengthened, according to the glorious power, might, strength of God, right? Paul, Paul, Paul isn't praying for them. Remember, this is all Paul explaining his prayer. He's not praying for them to be strengthened in their strength. That's not what he wants. That's not going to do you any good. Paul isn't praying for, for them to grit their teeth and to bear down and be tough. Paul isn't praying for them to, Paul is praying for them to put into practice the power that they received upon salvation. That's what he is saying. 
power upon power. The power from God, the Holy Spirit, that lives in and should live through every single newborn believer in Jesus Christ the Lord. We have power given to us at the moment of salvation, and then we put that power into practice in a daily walk, and it should live out. God's power from on high should live out through us. What an amazing privilege. Extraordinary power. Power that looks in the face of death and doesn't flinch. Power that looks into a person of influence and tells them the truth because it's the right thing to do. Power that helps the hurting and the afflicted and the overlooked, knowing that someone will make fun of you for doing it. That one was for you guys. And I'll say it again because half of you are asleep. Power that knowing that someone will make fun of you for helping someone who needs to be helped, that is different, that looks different and sounds different and doesn't wear the same clothes and doesn't have the cool friends and doesn't have the cool car and doesn't have any of that stuff. This kind of power allows you to step out of your precious little comfort zone and do something good for that person. The person that the world says, you're in my way. You're in my way. I got things to do. But the power that God gives us through the Holy Spirit allows us to go, I don't really care what you think or what you say. I'm going to do what's right by this person because God loves this person too just as much as he loves me. Real power. Power that makes a difference in our lives. Real power. Power knowing that the darkness and evil of the world will cast aspersions on you and on your motives and on your actions and try to bring you down for doing good because darkness does not like light. doesn't want to be exposed. Power that has the ability to resurrect the spiritually dead. Holy cow, have you thought about that? You've been given the power to speak a word and to live a life that can resurrect the spiritually dead. And that's really the only kind of dead that matters. Now, you don't have the power to bring somebody back to life physically. But it's better to be brought back to life spiritually, spiritually reborn, because God's going to do the physically reborn part later on. He's got that under control. He's going to physically resurrect us. It's not just spiritual with God. Thank you, Lord. What a great promise. We are physically, bodily resurrected one day forevermore. But you have the power to speak a word that can resurrect the spiritually dead. Dead Power from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul is praying for those that claim to have received the forgiveness and grace of God through faith in Christ, his son. He's praying for them that they would live and act, that they would live and act and, for, and treat others like they have the same grace and mercy and forgiveness inside of them. That's what Paul is saying. That we would actually live that out. That we would, be, that we would bring healing to a hurting world. That, that, they would, that they would bring redemption to those that feel like they're a lost cause. Because nobody's a lost cause in God's eyes. Nobody. Everybody's still got a chance if they still got breath in their body. They've got a chance to be bought back by the blood of Jesus Christ. That they speak truth and light and grace into a world that is growing ever darker and ever dimmer and ever more divided by the minute. That's what Paul's praying for. And the same truth applies to us now. Power to make a change. Power to make a difference. Power to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. 
Paul, Jesus says this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we're supposed to be praying to do. Paul doesn't want the Colossians to strengthen themselves. He wants them to realize that the real true power they have in them already from placing their faith in Jesus Christ. Dunamé, dunumenoi. Power upon power. Power upon power. Power for endurance and power for patience. Real stuff. Endurance is the ability to pass through any experience and trust God to see it through. Endurance is the ability to pass through any experience and trust God to see us through. And patience is the capacity to be long-suffering with people and not retaliate when wronged or irritated. Wow, I definitely need God's power to do that at all. Because most of the time, I want to swing on a fool when they irritate me. In my power, but in God's power, we can not do that. Aren't you glad God doesn't swing on you every time you irritate him? I'm thankful God's patient. We should be patient. Believers can please God with endurance and patience as they are strengthened with power according to his glorious might, his power. We should, as God, we should, excuse me, we should ask God for power and strength to do his will. Paul is praying for that. We should pray for the same thing. Because that power is beyond us as sinful mankind. That's the point Paul's trying to say. I'm praying for something that's bigger than you. You can't do this on your own. It takes God doing this through us for it to happen. And then he finishes up there, the fourth thing. Joyful thanksgiving for salvation and abundant eternal life now and forever. With joy, with joy giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. With joy, we give thanks for our salvation. The salvation that came, excuse me, that comes through God qualifying us. The salvation that comes from God qualifying us, not from us doing things to earn or achieve our salvation. After all, because it says right there, inheritance, the saints' inheritance. Do heirs receive inheritance because of what they have done or because of whose they are? Let that one sit and simmer just for a sec. Do heirs receive an inheritance because of what they've done or because of whose they are? But a good heir lives in a manner worthy of the inheritance that's coming their way. A walk, sum it all up. A walk pleasing to the Lord bears the fruit of good works. Therefore, we grow in our knowledge of God, of who God is. This gives us strength upon strength from God to endure well, causing joyful thanksgiving for the gifts and grace of God. In other words, when we practice, 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 and practice the rhythm of walking with the Holy Spirit, we have true, real, life-changing power from God. Power that changes our lives and power that changes the lives that are around us. And next week... We'll get more to the how-to, but that's the what, because if you don't understand or want the what, then the how-to really doesn't matter, to be perfectly honest. So hopefully the what inspires us to want to do the how-to, the practical part of daily walking with the Spirit, the what to do, what's, what, what enables us 
to do this. That's what we'll talk about next week, and I think it's going to be an impactful day. So today, if you've never first been given the power of being spiritually resurrected, then today's the day of salvation. Today's the day you walk forward and say, I recognize I'm a sinner. I want to repent from my sin and place my faith, my trust, my hope in the one thing that can pay for that sin and give me the gift of eternal life now and forever. If you want to do that today, come forward during this time, during this song. True, it will be here, and he will, and he will talk to you, and then we'll celebrate with you if that is the truth you want to proclaim today. Or you can pray during this time, or you can sing during this time, or you can just sit there and reflect on the words that God has spoken to you through his word this morning. But whatever the Holy Spirit is leading you to do, I pray that you will do that in obedience before you walk out of here today. God, we thank you, and we love you, and we praise you for your glorious might. We thank you that you love us in spite of ourselves, God. We thank you that you have given us the power of salvation, God, that you have given us your power, that your Holy Spirit is living inside of us as we have placed faith in you, God. And in that, will you strengthen us to live and to walk worthy of you, worthy of the Lord Jesus, a life worthy of the price paid to buy us back, God, a life that is pleasing to you and that brings ultimate meaning and purpose and fulfillment to our lives in you, God. I pray today that if there's someone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that they wouldn't walk out of these doors before they proclaim that truth, their desire to place their faith in you today. God, we pray all these things in your son's precious name. Amen. If you would stand. <laughs>